everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Negentropy, a scientific measure of complexity and order, is all around us. While it is the opposite of entropy, a measure of chaos and disorder, they are both related and are seen in the human ecosystem all around us. Therefore, understanding and evaluating negentropy and our ability for predictions have become fundamental for our collective security. So please join me in welcoming Dan Winter from Fractal University, who has spent years in understanding negentropy to risk roundup. Dan is a researcher, inventor, writer, and published book author for many, many books. His work on the gravitational energy, emotions, evolution of consciousness, sacred geometry, and more has resulted into numerous publications and books. Welcome, Dan. We are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup and Risk Group community, and I look forward to hearing your talk presentation on negentropy and prediction. Uh, thank you. Well, it's nice to be here. You know, the, the concept of risk is very associated with the idea of what is the geometry of the pathway out of disorder, because obviously disorder is the uh, is the bed in which risk grows and if you, if there's a way out of chaos then that's a way out of risk by definition <laughs> yes so it's it's a very nice connection and um so well yes okay sorry so my uh, when i first discovered uh how to measure coherence we were doing work in um heart coherence, and as you see at realheartcoherence.com, I used a spectrum analysis of the variable, in that case the EKG, to uh, measure the onset of coherence in the heart. And so I am attributed with uh, inventing the concept of heart coherence by discovering how to measure it, which was a second order power spectra called a sepstrum. And that's all at realheartcoherence.com. So after that work I did on doing this kind of power spectra, and I'll show you some pictures here. So we take variables. In this case, you see that you see the black line is the change in price of a stock. The blue line is the uh, dominant harmonic in the power spectra. Uh, when you take the power spectra of the movement of the stock price, you get a curve that shows if there's a dominant harmonic, and therefore the arrow of where the next move should be. So just to back up a little bit here. Um, the original concept of harmonic analysis, uh, it was called fractal pathways at that time. Now it's called fractal wave. It's one of the leading stock market prediction software in the world. And the programmer, which I located and uh, started with, is Merrill Tennant. Uh, I met him because uh, his uh, relative, uh, Jerry Tennant, wrote the book Healing is Voltage, very famous, and visited me and introduced me to Merrill, who has a PhD in mathematics. And so I showed him this technique of using the power spectra to see the onset of coherence. So essentially here now we're going to see examples. We took 200 days of stock value analyzed by power spectra as, as per my design for their harmonic content. Uh, in this case, it's a first order uh, inverse FFT plotted and smoothed. And so you take a, a stock like this and the curve of value on top, and then the harmonic analysis here, and you're seeing the dominant waveform contained in the stock movement. So then if you set up threshold or boundary conditions, um, you can determine 
if the dominant harmonic of the waveform is of sufficient amplitude, it is then predictive of the next move. And that's the critical mathematical analysis as here we're taking this AY, this is the BLL stock. So the harmonic analysis of that movement, 200 days, showed this waveform in blue, which was the dominant primary low frequency harmonics in the movement of that stock value. And it, it significantly predicts the next move to the far right, as you can see. So this is an example of using harmonic analysis to predict internal phase coherence. So um, the concept of the path out of megentropy, I'm going to stop the screen share here. And uh, yes, here we we'll stop the screen share. Okay. So the, the concept of a path out of chaos is that if the internal phase coherence reaches a critical amplitude, you know that chaotic oscillator is moving, emerging from chaos. That's the point. Now that concept is not new. Um, uh, the deeper principle here, as pioneered uh, and uh, famous uh, by Prechter and Elliott Wave for so many years, uh, is the deeper principle here is that when you're looking at the internal harmonics of a chaotic oscillator, the moment it's going to emerge from chaos is related to fractality by a very profound conception. In this case, it's related to the golden mean ratio. Now for years, people knew kind of mystically golden mean ratio was magical and predictive and descriptive of beauty. But we did the mathematics in a much deeper way. Namely, we proved in the equations for gravity that the golden mean ratio is literally in generalized wave equations, the solution to maximum constructive wave interference. That means that if waves are going to converge, if they do so in octaves in powers of two, you have more destructive wave interference. So if the harmonic analysis of a stock is based on an octave, then this is much less likely to be an oscillator emerging from chaos. Whereas if the harmonic analysis of a stock shows a golden mean ratio progression, it is much more likely to be emerging from chaos because, and this is the profound and important physics of megentropy here, the real heart of the matter as it were, that when waves converge in golden ratio, it looks like the famous Hermes caduceus, you know, that caduceus waveform, where the peaks, the distance between peaks is, is in golden in proportion. For example, the harmonics of the brain waves during bliss or the harmonics of the Schumann harmonic cascade of the planet, they're both at almost a perfect caduceus based on golden ratio for a reason. And later I wrote a new equation to prove that's actually the way hydrogen is built. I newly proved that how hydrogen is fractal because if you take the Planck length, which is the musical key of every wave in physics, and you multiply by integer exponents of golden ratio, you get three radii of hydrogen. That was new information that proved how and why hydrogen is fractal. And in our paper, proving how that is the cause of gravity, unknown prior to our work, we showed that generalized wavy equations, both Navier-Stokes and others, showed that if you take golden ratio waves patterns on a line, it produces theoretically maximum constructive wave interference. Now, and then we further showed that if you put that in 3D, stellated dodecahedron, as many people know, pine cone kisses noses, 
It is, in fact, the only possible three-dimensional fractal. We have a kit called Star Mother Kit, which shows that infinite dodeca ecosystem, all based on golden ratio. And that, we later proved, is the structure of hydrogen and DNA, Earth grid, zodiac, and every living protein. So the reason wave mechanics uses golden ratio is the reason golden ratio is the definition of beauty, which is literally the only possible three-dimensional fractal because that 0.6181, 1.618 is self-similarity perfected. It is embedding perfected, nesting perfected. And therefore, it is compression perfected, which is the definition of all paths out of chaos is compression perfected. So essentially, any oscillator that learns to use golden ratio to implode the wave geometry, literally visualize a rose and you got the picture, <laughs> then the, as those waves begin to converge to center by golden ratio, for example, a top-down view of hydrogen and DNA and every living protein, uh, those waves, as they approach center, they look like a caduceus of golden ratio coming from all directions, as it were. We say pine cones kissing noses. And that enables the geometry of that charge wave function to add and multiply constructively, recursively phase velocities, producing an implosion of charge named not just the gravity, but also named the only way out of chaos. For example, it is the electrical physics of whether and why there is life force inside any seed. And it is the electrical physics of whether and why there will be bliss inside your body as measured in EEG. So the generalized principle of the only path out of chaos, all already believe that is fractality, but now we have the wave mechanics, the actual mathematics to prove how fractality is the only possible path out of chaos because it is the path of implosive charge compression. So applying that to the stock market is just one of the things we did. You can read all about this on our stock market work and why I was featured in the movie Pi for this reason at fractalfield.com slash fractal market. And you'll see there also the link to the world's leading stock market prediction software based on exactly this my work, Fractal Wave. But we have applied this in many fields, in brainwave analysis to teach bliss, flameinmind.com. We use the same harmonic series, golden ratio exponents of Planck. It's a musical key signature. And then we applied that to teaching kids to see without their eyes, which means they've grabbed the plasma vortex inside their head called consciousness. It's a charge implosion and brought that tornado to a focus. And that tornado becomes an eyeball called vision and every child who sees without their eyes is very common. They say, oh, I see a little tornado opening inside my head. They're blindfolded and they can see through it. And we teach the physics and how of what, how and why, and teach kids to enter the trance bliss state by the same harmonic series. And then we applied, applied that to water, theimploder.com, and we're producing fertility and water in, in 20 countries. And then we applied that same harmonic series, the only path out of chaos, to plasma, Therify.net, and we're producing rejuvenation in 25 countries commercially. Because literally, th that process called phase conjugation in the physics of optics is the first place that negentropy was measured. So we've turned that now into a commercial production of negentropy for people. Therify.net. So that's the story of our work on negentropy. Happy to answer questions. That is so amazing, so much to digest and congratulations for all that uh, 
work you have put in and the output that you got, you know, that is so impressive. So I'm thinking, you know, the what you shared about the electromagnetic uh, waves, you know, the the ability of that to create the bliss inside the body and, you know, outside. So when we evaluate the human systems in our domain, all of our domains and dimensions from the, fi I mean, you shared about the financial systems, but we, if you look at the healthcare system to the security system. So the question emerges as to how can we apply the understanding of negentropy to predict what is coming our way? And especially when you look at cyberspace right now, there is a democratization of destruction going on. You know, everyone on social media is trying to uh, create so much chaos. You know, there is so much destruction. You know, everybody has the tools now, you know, that can give them an ability to cause so much destruction. And that, you know, crosses the boundaries of cyberspace and, you know, goes into geospace, aquaspace, and now also even space. So uh, do you think we can effectively apply what you have uncovered with your research to predict what is coming our way, not only in cyberspace, but in all, you know, different spaces, uh, including, you know, quantum space. <laughs> Thanks for asking a small question. <laughs> but no, it's the, it's the right question. Thank you, really. Um, I, I'd like to take one example to make this concrete. Uh, for a medical doctor to measure your immune system, the fastest way is to measure how many harmonics are in your heartbeat. It's called harmonic inclusiveness in HRV, heart rate variability. So to measure your immune system, the fastest way to find out if you have an immune system is to see if your heart's harmonics are inclusive, which is to say fractal. Literally, the medical paper is entitled, the healthy heart is a fractal heart. So in effect, if your heart rate has settled on one frequency, you're about to die. It's statistically clear. Whereas if your heart rate is very fractal and very inclusive, think compassion, then medically it is proven you have a healthy immune system. That's called heart rate variability is fractality. Now, the, the theory of the perfection of the getting the most number of harmonics in your heart, which is literally perfect compression, which by the way, is literally the electric field of compassion, which is perfected compression, the same thing, then, the solution to the mathematics of that problem is golden mean ratio between the harmonics that are being compressed in your heart. I would turn myself in, inside out for you, darling. So now we know that medically, immune health is fractality in the heart, mathematically, quite literally. So if you would like to develop immune health, Step one is get a fractal harmonic inclusive heart rate variability. This is a breathing. Our, our app, app for that is flameandmind.com and iThrive, I-T-H-R-V-E.com. We have six apps on this. So what does that say about your question? Well, if, for example, we now knew, know that the ability to have immune health is measurable, it turns out that the climax condition that creates that health, that harmonic inclusiveness, is quite literally the physics of bliss. That's why it's medically true that if you're able to teach your child to have a bliss experience, then your culture qualifies to say that it has culture. Whereas if you cannot teach your child to have a bliss experience, by definition, you do not have culture. Any Aboriginal knows that. Uh, and the Italians cheered in church when I explained that actually. 
Uh, it wasn't of the color of the wine and the shoe polish. No, <laughs> it was if you can teach your child to have bliss because that's what creates the, the radiance in your aura, which defines whether or not you should do anything. We say the, the term politics is defined by body polis, which is the plasma size of your aura. So if your aura is not getting bigger, that is the definition of no for any political decision. Vaccination, what, wearing a mask in school, whatever it is, you measure whether your aura got bigger or smaller because medically, that's not just defining your immune system. We know if the people who have done the advanced work here know that that coherence in the aura predicts whether you can lucid dream. And now Therify.net commercially is being used to teach lucid dreaming, which is the, about the only predictor of whether you will take memory through death. So clearly, politically, there could be no excuse for making any political decision unless it determined whether or not your bliss of your children got bigger or smaller. That's the only way you could predict whether anything is useful because it determines if you get immune health and you take memory through death. The advanced physics of that is called longitudinal interferometry, scalar, et cetera, et cetera. So the predictor here of the future is quite simple. If humans get a big aura, that determines electrical immortality, sustainability. We know how memory goes through death. It's, there's a sequence of geometry, Heinrich, Clouvet form constants. So when people become implosive, namely have bliss, it defines a political yes, no medically. So in effect, you could, you could base all political decisions based on whether or not it makes your aura bigger or smaller. It's measurable, GDP, the gas visualization, what broccoli you're going to eat and who you're going to kiss and what you're going to vote for. It's all based on your aura size. <laughs> so that's an example of fractality, which is the physics of bliss, charge radiance in humans, predicting how humans should per proceed politically. A practical example. No, I, I think that's a very interesting point that you made. And uh, if we talk about human civilization, humanity, you know, broadly, uh, each one of us, we are a super organism. We are not, uh, we are not just made of, you know, human cells, but there are trillions and trillions of microbes that live within, within inside us, in, you know, on us and around us. Not only that, but the aura that you just mentioned, you know, it, it is not just that, you know, what role I play, how I conduct myself, what actions I take, what inactions, all of that, not just about me, but also the people around me that, you know, also comes into play in the development of aura, perhaps. It's not just, you know, silo, you know, decisions or silo actions and inactions that, you know, play a role in there. So if we look at the human civilization and culture, it's a sum total of billions and billions, you know, together coming for, you know, their effort, their actions, their inaction. So the point that you made about if if we have that, you know, big aura, then, you know, we will be able to uh, survive and, you know, our human species and civilization will be able to move forward. And uh, we won't see the collapse that, you know, so many people are, you know, fearful about right now. But looking at the current state of humanity, what, what do you see based on, you know, your research and the indicators uh, and measurements that you have made uh, based on the equations? Where do you see our civilization is heading? Well, 
<laughs> you know, I have been studying the extraterrestrial history of Earth for 30 years, so you're asking kind of a big question there. But where I would like to start that question is, once humans understand the physics of what it means to have a soul, which of course, stock market people are not really focused on whether people have a soul, but they see the difference then between AI and the destination of having a soul for your children. For example, if your children can lucid dream, that predicts they'll take memory through death, which means they're longitudinally plasma projective, which means they have a soul. And so now we have a deeper reason to know the difference between a computer, AI, and a human, because it has to do with the coherence of their aura, the bliss radiance, and soulment, as it were, which, give, which makes humans directional, gives them a way to steer. Now, the current extraterrestrial politic, we believe, the Andromedans and the Galactic Federation reported that the, the, the Dracos and the Greys, the Nebu, have been booted out of the the inner earth and Mars and, and moon. Actually, I think there's good news. Exopolitics.org, those are our friends. And uh, that means that the humans have a chance to make decisions for themselves. But the overwhelming history of many cultures on many planets is quite clear, that once humanoids get on this plat, path to mechanization, you know, children spending their whole day in front of a screen and never being able to actively make a vision inside their own head. They lose the inner muscles to assemble an image inside their head. And that is the core feature of being human, actually. Uh, Steiner taught this. For example, in a, in a Steiner school, you teach the kids to visualize a rose. And the test in physics, for if they've succeeded, is the room filled with the smell of roses. And we teach the physics of how that works. It's called the flowering brain and the infrared source of olfaction. So, in fact, the clarity of the child's ability to use the inner muscle to make a picture of the rose inside their head is the beginning of their ability to have any kind of psychokinesis, a muscle that is lost if the seven-year-olds spend their whole time in front of a screen. Talk about losing soul. So the actual destiny of humanity in terms of whether we get to create the kind of coherent aura, because civilizations with, which grow up are ones that learn to be plasma projective. They can steer their aura. They can lucid dream. Sometimes some people call it fifth dimensional. There's lots of terms for this, Kesjan body, rainbow light body. But it's simple, a coherent charge field around your body that is the difference between life and death, literally. Yes, no, I, he I hear your point on that. On uh... If we talk further about that, uh, on that, you know, uh, thought that the creation of this internet, cyberspace, the AI, artificial intelligence, I mean, some say that, you know, it, it is a negentropic creation of, uh, you know, for the mankind. So if, if it is negentropic creation and the point that you made about the human soul, uh, I'm thinking, in the coming years, not right now, but in, in probably 10 years, we will have more machines than, you know, humans on this planet. Uh, all these connected machines. Now, would it having, you know, all the humans from across countries to come together to, you know, work towards the betterment of our planet is a very complex task. We can... Uh, educate, create awareness, all that would, you know, be there. But having human focus, you know, wholeheartedly on creating negentropy around them, 
it's a very complex challenge but we have we are building all these connected machines which in the coming years would become hopefully you know conscious machines now if we are able to do that conscious machines you know if we can move them towards developing that aura that we are looking for that can prove uh, that can protect our humanity that can create that uh, environment of negentropy in our planet and around you know uh, on other planets do you think that could work or we have to focus only on the living you know humans but you know again the question is what is living and what is not living everything is living right well see that's why we need a much more clear definition if we're going to survive because some extremely parasitic artificial intelligences are the bane of the galaxy actually one of them for example is the black goo it's a carbon nano based it's very dangerous ai extremely predatory and very destructive and it's a long story but the point is that once we understand that what you call consciousness by definition could never exist in a machine because the actual physics of what you call consciousness is the plasma vortex that produces vision inside your head. We even know how doctors who had near-death experience and saw them being operated on from outside their body, we know how their vision got outside their head. It's a plasma vortex, how and why it produced vision from outside their head, the same as remote vision and astral travel and lucid dreaming, actually. And that coherent plasma field, the part of the bliss phenomena, can never, ever, ever be generated by an electric metal machine, never. And that difference needs to be understood very clearly, very soon by humans, or the parasites are gonna overwhelm them, actually. That's the truth. So until we learn that difference, yes, we can admire what machines can do and we can use them at a very, very high level. It's great, wonderful, but what actually evolves that plasma vortex we call consciousness is never, going to happen inside a machine made of heavy metal. And people who thought so became part of the parasite problem, not the solution. So it, you, your observation is that, you know, no matter if we reach the singularity and if we reach the highest level of consciousness, it will still not be comparable to the human consciousness and what collective human consciousness can achieve. So. I mean, I have always been a great supporter of, you know, increasing the human intelligence and, you know, um, finding ways to enhance human consciousness, collective consciousness. So uh, I always support that. But there is also, you know, so many thousands and thousands of people are working towards, you know, enhancing the artificial consciousness. And then we have to think about it. Where is this conflict going to take us? You know, because it's going to be human consciousness versus, you know, machine consciousness. And then, you know, the complex challenges that we are facing as a humanity for our survival, security and sustainability. So it's going to be very, there are going to be emerging very complex challenges. And as we get better understanding of negentropy, I mean, thanks to people like you, researchers like you, there is so much, you know, information now available. And I'm sure that in the coming years, you will, you know, uncover more. But how... I think, you know, what I see lacking in most of the humans across nations is to be, is that ability to understand, the visualize the purpose of their life. If, if each one of us has that clarity 
of what is my purpose you know why was i born and you know what i should be doing every single day then i can you know better shape my life and i can make an a conscious effort towards you know developing an environment of negentropy around me and inside me but that is so difficult how do you think we can you know give this purpose to everyone to visualize that you know purpose and play an active role in creating negentropy around us it's i really admire the passion behind your question and i admire the compassion behind your question that you feel that question is a beautiful thing uh, but i also feel very strongly that we need to understand quite clearly that what you're calling negentropy climaxes inside of human bliss now i've had something called kundalini for 30 years and i felt a plasma tornado inside my body and realized that you can steer tornadoes it's a simple physics actually and that plasma vortex of intense human bliss is the direction of human evolution and it will never ever 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 happen inside a metal computer no that is not the destiny of evolution we can use computers to serve human bliss but when joseph campbell said follow your bliss that was a biological instruction that was not a build a bigger computer so we it's okay to build bigger computers but only when they serve evolution and evolution is consciousness and consciousness can never ever ever exist in a metal machine uh, that is uh, going to be very challenging convincing a lot of people who are working towards in artificial consciousness but you you made an interesting point about the evolution now evolutionary shifts uh, we human civilization has since you know from the origin of times and you know every shift is turbulent if you look at world war 1 to world war 2 to you know uh, where we are you know moving now irrespective of whether it's wars or all any kind of war or uh, any kind of catastrophic weather challenges that we are seeing or the pandemic that we are witnessing this is not the first pandemic and this is not going to be the last so we are seeing and if we talk about synthetic biology now we have humans also have uh, gained ability to create organisms from scratch and you know that would give us perhaps you know biowarfare in the coming years uh, but, that, but that not a soul but not a soul or not bliss soul. yes yes you are absolutely right yes so we we are we are getting this jump on the evolutionary journey because of the you know advances made in biotechnology genetic engineering and all these gene engineering tools but uh, actually well if i just may say that you know we know now about thousands of intelligent humanoid cultures in this galactic sector alone and the technology on this planet is the stone ages and our pride in that is childish actually it's stupid for example our physicists don't know why an object falls to the ground which is why eisenhower and truman lied that they lost world war 2 to the nazis who took over the south pole and many planets in the solar system because they did find out how a vortex makes gravity so not knowing why an object falls to the ground is how the lie began when the nazis won the war the hanabu the the the, the vortex the, the nazi bell so that was just the beginning of the of the parasites that invaded as a result of that wrong treaty that eisenhower signed So let's not get too we it's not appropriate for humans to brag about their evolution of technology. No, no. this is crap. 
Listen, of course, we, of course. When we, we learn to rota rotate a conjugator, carbon nano, and make propulsion and, and energy directly from imploding the vacuum, it makes every technology and propulsion on this planet look like the Stone Ages, just to be clear. So from the ET perspective, no, no, these are kids. And the, what these kids need to learn is how to grow their aura, and the machines will come later. It's okay to focus on machines, but until you know how to grow your aura, you don't, gonna, you don't have a chance. So how do we do that? How do we convince everyone that to emerge from the chaos that we see around us, not only you know within us but outside us, on our planet? How do we convince everyone that you know let's focus on that aura? You know, I've done literally dozens of lectures in front of physicists, and I found one thing to be true: that you could always divide the room into those who did versus did not remember having a bliss experience. Anyone in that room, even a physicist who had had a bliss experience, was absolutely ready to understand the difference between having a soul and not. Whereas those who had never had a bliss experience and therefore could never imagine what that might mean, they were in danger, actually. That's why I say it's so critical that people learn. See, bliss is just a name for the charge radiance that follows charge compression, implosive compression. And the reason that's teachable in brainwaves, flameandmind.com, is because you make that same golden ratio cascade, which is the frequency of the Schumann harmonics, which implodes, which is how kids see without their eyes and the tornado forms. Yes. So that instruction in bliss is probably, there could be nothing more important. And it's not subjective. GDV and other technologies measure the aura very well and should be used to make, basically make every political decision. So do you think it's possible because, you know, this bliss and electromagnetic spectrum, they are connected, you know. So is Absolutely. it possible that we create a technology that gives that, you know, ex mini glimpse of, you know, experience of uh, that bliss? Do you think that somebody is going to work on that? Well, you know how the ETs made the med bed famous. Well, our Therify.net doing... Uh, rejuvenation in 25 countries, about 30% of the people who emerge from the simple plasma exposure report some bliss experience and or some sharpening of vision. And there's a reason for that, because we simply make the aura centripetal. And we use the same frequencies, low frequency modulation of plasma, that we use to teach bliss to kids in brainwaves, flameandmind.com. So it's all that same equation, golden ratio times integer exponents golden ratio, because that's phase conjugate implosion where pine cones kiss noses perfectly. So yes, we can make a bliss field, but you know what the original concept of temple was? The same thing. Meditation? Well, it was an implosive field. It's the physics of biologic architecture. Yes. We have yes. project bioarchitects.net. You can read about it. Yes, very true. And you know, if you look at the countries like India, more, yes. Many, many people, you know, are focused on just this, you know, exactly. material stuff do not, you know, touch them. They are not right. interested in that. So I hope that, you know, we can uh, create uh, more awareness that these are the things that are going to be more important. Uh, you know, so in the coming years, if they focus on that, there is a good chance that we all play our role in, you know, creating negentropy around us by, you know, just creating order in our ecosystem. So if we do that, that is the first step. So having said that, uh, what would you like to share with our global viewers and listeners about your books and, you know, if they want to reach out to you, uh, read about your, you know, research or, you know, get connected in, uh, you know, joining your journey uh, to, you know, take our humanity towards bliss? 
Thank you for helping to focus on the bliss part. Well, fractalfield.com is the home site. Fractalu.com, which you mentioned. Therify.net is our plasma tech. Uh, Flameandmind.com is the brainwave for bliss biofeedback. Uh, Theimploder.com is implosion tech for water. So yes, we have many projects. The biologic architecture is bioarchitects.net. You know, if you're in a room made of living material without electrosmog, but with fresh air, you feel that bliss experience possible. But when you're in a metal building with electrosmog and dead air, you can't charge implode, you see? So there are very practical things we should be doing to focus our children on bliss and having a soul. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dan, for participating in this roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight into negentropy and prediction, and our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from what you had to say today. And as a result, this risk roundup dialogue has been of service. We thank you for that. <laughs> you are so sincere. You're a blessing here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So Risk Group is a strategic security risk research platform and community. And through the Risk Roundup initiative, Risk Group and I are on a mission to talk with a billion brilliant minds like Dan. And the reason behind this effort is to research, review, rate, and report strategic security risk facing humanity. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Until next time, I'm Jay Shri, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.